Welcome to the Portugal podcast. My name is Matthew Marshall, and this is a special edition of the podcast. I'm on a mission. I'm back on the road in Portugal. I'm going to take you on a journey with some history, interviews, thoughts from some of the games, and of course, some music. I bet some of you were expecting Fado, but because I'm going to be doing a lot of driving here, I decided to bring a whole lot of 1980s rock and roll. So, I hope you dig it. First stop is Chaves, about 10 kilometers south of the Spanish border, right up the top of Portugal. Interesting history here. They found some artifacts from 50,000 years ago, just before the Stone Age, and it was a very important place for the Romans. They built a bridge over the Tamaga River, a bridge which is one of the main tourist attractions still to this day. Heaps of mining activity around here. I drove through a small town called Uru, which simply translates to gold. But the main attraction for the Romans was some thermal springs here. They developed a medicinal bathing system. The water came out at 68 degrees. And around 2007, they were going to build an underground car park here. And they stumbled across these baths that had been sitting there for hundreds of years underneath people's feet. They excavated it. They built a museum on top of it, which has been open a couple of years. It's completely free, has heaps of information, really, really interesting. And if you're up in this part of the world, I recommend you come and take a look at it. After the Romans, the history of Shards is really like every other place in Portugal. The Germanic tribes came in for about three centuries. The Moors from northern Africa took over for a few hundred years. Alfonso V of Leon took Shards in the 11th century. And Dom Alfonso, first king of Portugal, took it in 1160, integrated it into the kingdom of Portugal. Back and forth, back and forth with Spanish factions. And then, of course, the Peninsula Wars where uh, the French army came through and occupied Chaves for a while. This is my second time in the city. I came here in 2009. I'm very happy to be back. This time I'm going to the Estadio Municipal Manuel Branco Teixeira, another fabulously named stadium in Portugal. Did you know Cristiano Ronaldo actually made his debut for the Portuguese national team in Chaves back in 2003 against uh, Kazakhstan in an international friendly? I'm really looking forward to this game. Chaves are currently managed by Vitor Campelos. They're fifth on the table, two points behind their opponents tonight, Rio Ave. Both clubs, of course, were in the Primeira Liga very recently, and both clubs on target to get promoted back to the top flight. So it's a huge game. I'm looking forward to it. Let's head up to the stadium. Seventh minute, one nil to Shaves here. It was across from the right wing from the right back. Campos fallen to Wellington Carvalho. He took a touch, looks like he lost possession, but the ball just fell beautifully for him and he slammed it into the back of the net. Oh! 
In the blink of an eye, Sharps have extended their lead 2-0. Wellington down the left wing. Beautiful cross. Finds Bachi, who hit the first time volley. Goalkeeper Jonathan got a hand to it, but it wasn't enough. And the ball's gone into the back of the net. Home crowd loving it. Half time here in Sharves, and it's the host for the 2 0 lead. Rio Ave actually started stronger. Gabriel Zinho looking pretty dangerous down the left wing. Pedro Mendes had a really good chance from close range that was saved by Paulo Vitor. But slowly but surely, Sharves come into the game. They had a free kick from the edge of the box, deflected over the bar. And then they took the lead from the right wing. It was a cross from Gambos falling to Wellington Paulista. Took a heavy touch, but managed to keep the ball at his feet, slammed it into the net. And then just a couple of minutes later, it was Wellington down the left wing, starting the goal this time. Beautiful cross. Goltabachi. And he volleyed it past Jonathan. As you can imagine, home crowd just absolutely loving this. We had a 45-minute delay here with the lights deciding to, uh, to shit themselves. But everybody here, very happy now. Game on now. 71st minute. The referee has sent off Sharves defensive midfielder Obiora. Got involved in a heavy challenge with Aziz. So about 20 minutes to go here, and you got the feeling it's going to be all Rio Av. Let's see what happens. at the hotel had some audio problems there towards the end of the game Rio Ave as you can imagine threw everything they had at Sharves Ronan scored in the 95th minute but it was too little too late and uh, Sharves pick up a vital win which takes them to third on the table Rio Ave are poor but I think you need to give Sharves credit they played well and really nullified most of uh, Rio Ave's threats I'm going to crash uh, tomorrow I'm heading down to Porto check out their huge game against Sporting Club de Portugal. Well, it's all happening here in Porto. I've had my customary Superboc and Bifania trying to get to the stadium, but the police have blocked the road here. There's hundreds of people standing around buses, cars, going absolutely nowhere. And uh, the kind policeman has just informed me that it's because they need to separate the fans here. I'm assuming they're letting, getting the sporting fans in somewhere close to here. And it's too much of a, too much risk of violence to have the Porto fans anywhere near them. Certainly the first for me. And let's hope I can get through here shortly, get into the stadium. You might be able to hear sporting supporters in the distance. This is incredible. I've never experienced anything like this where they really need to separate separate supporters. There's hundreds of thousands. A couple of thousand people here. The traffic hasn't moved for about 15 minutes. 
Uh, just carnage. You can hear the sporting supporters trying to get into the stadium, making a lot of noise, letting off some, uh, some, <laughs> some fireworks and other explosives. Let's see what happens. It's the morning after the big game. What a game it was. Sporting taking a 2-0 lead and then unable to hang on after Sebastian Cuates was sent off. The referee having an absolute shocker. Completely out of his depth. And Porto gaining a valuable point which maintains the gap between them and Sporting. At the top of the table. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail here. Suffice to say that I've been fortunate to go to over 100 games now as a journalist and I never expect to get accreditation. It's always a privilege and an honour to go to any football game as a journalist. You know, it really feels like you're someone's welcoming you into their home when you go to football stadiums as a journalist. It might be a little bit different as a supporter. Certainly in Germany, you get that feeling where it's someone inviting you into their home and as such, you treat it in that way with respect So what happened yesterday was that there was a mistake made and uh, I tried to resolve it for about an hour, but there was no resolution. So I had to walk away from the stadium just about the time the game was kicking off. I could hear the crowd going nuts. I could hear the game starting and I haven't had many more, well, I haven't had anything close to such a bad feeling and uh, such a disappointment as that. Really, really, really terrible. So, you know, it's unfair to tarnish the whole club. It's probably just one person having a bad day or one person making a mistake. But, yeah, it really, really left a bad taste in my mouth. If I was 20 years old, I know exactly what I would have done. But now, a little bit older, hopefully a little bit wiser, I'll... uh, I'll take my time to figure out what to do. I'm planning to go to see uh, the Lazio match in the Europa League next week, so probably by then I will have calmed down a bit and uh, put all of this into perspective. I know it's just a football game, but obviously this was a huge game and I've travelled a long way to see this game and it's just hugely disappointing. So I really hope that uh, Porto can improve their accreditation system because what this felt like was someone inviting you to dinner and then you rock up and they forgot that you were coming and instead of just making another spot at the table they just kick you out on the street and that's not very friendly at all I don't really want to go into it into any more detail it is what it is, it sucks but I'll live to fight another day move on and just try and put this in the past all right, catch gotcha. I never thought you'd let it get this Very happy to be back at the Estadio Municipal de Braga. Braga hosting Passos de Ferreira on this Saturday afternoon kickoff. Pretty small crowd here. People obviously 
starting to fill a few more seats in the five minutes before kickoff. Pretty healthy, uh, healthy dose of away supporters too, stuck up there, <laughs> up high in the stand by themselves. This should be an interesting game, but Argo, hugely disappointing result last week, losing 2-1 against their bitter rivals, Guimaraes, conceding a silly goal in the 90th minute, playing for the last half an hour with a man up. And passes to Ferreira, they've been pretty good since Cesar Peixoto took over, unbeaten in six of their seven matches under the new boss, four consecutive draws. I'm really looking forward to see Vitor Oliveira again, Braga's young striker, I saw him come off the bench in Faro for the under-21 side. And 18-year-old Rodrigo Gomes making his first start in the Primera Liga. Let's see what's going on with him. All right, a couple of minutes away from kickoff. Here we go. 11 minutes in here, and Vitor Oliveira has gone up to head a uh, Yuri Medeiros free kick over the bar. He's taken a pretty heavy knock here. He's down. The medical staff are having a look at him. Hopefully he'll be all right. He's on his feet. What a chance that was. Kutu down the right wing. Provided a lovely cross to Vitor Oliveira. Who somehow has gone over the bar. Oh, wow. Passes to Ferreira have taken the lead here. It was Jalot who went through and he was taken out by Andre Horta. Gave away a free kick in a dangerous position. And Antunes has stepped up with his left foot. Looks like it's pretty much gone through the wall. And that's beaten Mateusz right into the corner of the net. Home crowd are shocked here just before half time. Looked like a classic case of one of the defenders in the wall jumping up and the ball going underneath his feet. Cardinal sin. Let's see how the hosts react here. Interesting half of football. Baraga on top for most of it. Vitor Oliveira really should have scored in the 16th minute. Passos Schaffelade really hadn't looked like scoring. The Nielsen ran through. With about 10 minutes to go before half-time, Mateus coming out and smothering the shot. And then right on the stroke of half-time, Andre Horta giving away a, a free kick and Tunes putting it into the bottom corner. So Carlos Carvalho's got some work to do here at half-time. I really like what I've seen from Rodrigo Gomes, the young 18-year-old making his first start in the Primera Liga. He's a winger. But he's being asked to play left wing back today. And you can see he's trying to get forward as much as possible. He had a shot blocked. And he's trying to get in behind uh, his opposite number. Juan Delgado. He actually played a really beautiful pass to release Vitor Oliveira. Who looked like he was going to run in and have a one-on-one -on -one chance. But the linesman found uh, Oliveira narrowly offside. Let's see what happens in the second half. Braga started the second half pretty well. 
Rodrigo Gomez has been at the heart of a couple of chances. Carlos Carvalho's seen enough here, and he's making a triple substitution in the 55th minute. We've got 19-year-old Leonardo Buta making his top-flight debut. Andre Castro is coming into midfield, and Abel Ruiz is also coming on, so it looks like we're going to switch to a back four here. Buta at left-back, which should give Rodrigo Gomez a few more opportunities in the attacking half. Let's see what happens here in Braga. Sixty-seventh minute, Ricardo Horta, fouled by Marco Baixinho. It's given Braga a free kick here. They're really not creating much from open play. Rodrigo Gomes continues to look the most likely to make something happen. So it looks like it's going to be Ricardo Horta stepping up to take this free kick. Why wouldn't he? The other candidate looks like Al Musrati, but from some of his passing today, you wouldn't want him anywhere near it. Here we go. Porta. There you go. Ricardo Horta just powered the ball into the top corner. Absolutely perfect free kick. It looked like it was just going dead straight into the top corner. And of course, the home crowd very happy now. 1-1 with just over 20 minutes to go. Game on. Oh, man. Andre Castro has come through the middle. And he had to give it to Abel Ruiz a bit quicker than that. By the time he gave it to him, he couldn't control the ball very well. They've won a corner, but Braga really looking strong here and pressing for the go-ahead goal. As Vitor Tolomena heads the corner wide. It's Abel Ruiz again. He's fired just wide from just inside the 18-yard box. He's taken a knock here. It doesn't look great. Medical staff are coming out. Ruiz into the box. He's fired wide. Everything's falling to uh, the young Spanish striker here. Ten minutes to go. A couple of minutes to go here, and it's really starting to open up. Passos Trafaleta leaving themselves a little bit exposed as they look to win this game. It's all happening. Substitution in the Sporting Clube Braga. Sacou o número 57, Rodrigo Gomes. 
Last throw of the dice for Carvalhal is 16-year-old Roger Fernandez, who's come off the bench with a couple of minutes to be a hero. <laughs> and there it is. Vitor Oliveira surged into the box. He's cut the ball back in the direction of the penalty spot. Yep, Ricardo Horta made no mistake. What sensational form he is in. Fantastic piece of work there. No better time to take the lead as we are now into added time. Andre Castro has been immense since coming on into central midfield. Let's see if Pashos can pull one out of the bag here, snatch a point. Wow, the 16-year-old had a great chance to score there fantastic work from Vita Oliveira winning possession and then giving the ball to Ricardo Horta who then unselfishly teed up the 16 year old but Andre Ferreira was up to the task What a great game of football that was. Pastor Stafaleta, undeservedly, you would have to say, taking the lead on the stroke of half-time. I had a look at the replay, and if you want to see how not to defend a free kick, Balaga pretty much gave you the template there, but base came home strong. Ricardo Horta, I'd love to see that free kick from behind the goal. It looks just looked like an arrow into the top corner. The substitutions Carvalhal made, you'd have to say, did the job. Going to a back four, Andre Castro midfield was strong. Abel Ruiz posed a lot of problems up front. Vito Oliveira actually drifted out to the right side after Abel Ruiz came on. And from that position, he cut the ball back towards the penalty spot. And it was... Who else? Ricardo Horta, he just completely the main man here and he finished with confidence to give the hosts a 2-1 lead you can see why Pasha Stafreda had been hard to beat under Cesar Peixoto but as I said they probably pushed a bit too high in the closing minutes and might have been better off just trying to get out of here with a point it's really good to see young 18-year-old Rodrigo Gomes make his first start in the Primera Liga. He's a winger, but he was asked to play left wing back. And he had a lot of promising moments, mainly with the ball. He looked pretty lost, you'd have to say, at times without the ball. But that's to be expected, playing in an unfamiliar position. 
and the pressure of playing or getting your first start for your hometown club. Great to see Vito Oliveira play the full 90 minutes in person. I saw him come off the bench for the under-21 side down in Faro a couple of months ago. He's got a bit of work to do on his vision. He tends to run with his head down a bit too much, but I'm sure Carvalhal has seen that and will work with him on that. So I'm off down to the uh, press conference, see if I can grab Carvalhal, see what he thinks. Here with Carlos Carvalhal after the 2-1 victory against Pasos de Ferreira. Left it late. What was your uh, interpretations of the second half as you made the comeback? Well, I think it's very important to do a comeback. It's not the first time that we do that. We did this before. Um, it's fantastic. It's fantastic uh, when you achieve that with uh, five, six players uh, or more. Maybe seven or eight players under 20. Some, some of them with 16, some of them with 18. And you, you can achieve the, this kind of victory. It's amazing. It's fantastic. So give a lot of um, positive uh, to the team. Um, give, of course, a lot of energy also to the future um, and make us uh, very proud about uh, our players. Vitor Oliveira, he's come on, on the scene this season. Um, tell us a bit about him as a person, as a player. What, what do you like about him? No, Vitor Oliveira, um, it's a good striker. It's a, it's a good one. It's, a, uh, it's not just about goals. It's the way that he fights to the team, the, fight, the way that he, he, he receives the ball and protects the ball when we are on the, under pressure, and he can do that this very well. Um, he's a, a very, very good player. If uh, you don't lose the, the, the soul that he has, I believe that uh, he will play in the, in the, in the big team in the, in the short, short, medium time, because uh, uh, what he's doing is, a, is, a, is someone that uh, um, we can see... Uh, uh, when you have Mario Gonzalez and you have Abel Ruiz and he's playing and Abel Ruiz playing national team of Spain also and he's playing the, in that position means that you have a lot of value and uh, I, I have a, a good expectations about him. And uh, Rodrigo Gomes made his first start today. Obviously he looked a bit out of position, a bit lost sometimes off the ball but did some really promising things with the ball. Tell us a bit about him as a person and give us a bit of an insight into his game. Yeah, another player with 18 years old um, with um, with a pedigree because he played national team of the youth of Portugal, we put him to play last season with 17 years old. He debuted last season. Um, very good player also. Um, he will be uh, another player that Braga one in, in in short or medium time will sail him to a big club also. Um, he's very competitive. Um, usually never play in this position, but we have problems. Um, with Moura, his injury, uh, so we sell Galeno, and we must test uh, different players. And we, will, we, when we look to the players, we 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 found that uh, Rodrigo Gomes can do that position. Well, must have been happy with what you saw from him today in such a yeah, pressure situation. Very, very, very happy. So, and the, the personality also of the of the boys. So, with Buta was uh, the thirteen player that we put in the first team since we arrived to Braga mm-hmm. uh, from the youth. Um, we put 13 players so far. Put uh, also, uh, you see in the second half, the left back, 
uh, interesting. He did a, yeah. he did a very well, very well also. So I'm, I'm very happy with the boys, uh, with all the boys and with all the team, of course. And finally, then Ricardo Horta, I can't let you go without talking about him. I mean, what a free kick, just beautiful. And of course, when the ball comes across from Virginia, you almost know it's going to be Ricardo Horta there to put it away. Talk about his importance to your team. Yeah, it's very important. The player is our captain. Is the player that he scored a lot of goals. He fight to the team. Um, I told already that this to me is very similar. Jota that playing Liverpool have similar skills um, because work to the team is fast, score goals, move very well. Um, very interesting and very good personality. Also, a player. That uh, I'm very happy that he, he is in Braga, and I hope that he can stay a lot of time because it's very influential, influential in the in our dynamic, of course. I bet. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, good luck on your trip out to uh, to Moldova. Thank you very much. Cheers. Just arrived the Estadio Municipal de Faf to see Portuguese third division game in the Group A. Faf hosting Vitoria Guimarães's B team. Bit of a derby here with Guimarães, not far to the west of Faf. I guess there's a lot of local derbies in this group, with uh, so many teams from around this part of northern Portugal. The hosts have changed manager in December. Joao Pedro Coelho taking over. They've been scoring some goals, but also finding it hard to keep clean sheets. Guimaraes, as you can imagine, have a lot of young players in their ranks, really none over the age of 22. And the one that stands out to me, Selton Bay, the uh, Portuguese under-21 goalkeeper. We'll see how he goes. And also Andre Amado in central defence. I'm also uh, interested to see young Brazilian winger Welton Jr. It's an absolute shit-ass day here. It's cold, it's raining, and it's windy. Not the best conditions for football. And I've got no idea what the attendance is here. It'll be a few hundred. And there's a small, small tiny group of ultras over on the far side without any cover. There's about 10 of them there, I guess. That's that's hardcore. So we're a few minutes away from kickoff here. Let's see what's going to happen. First shot of the game in the 12th minute. Gimadaish. It's the captain. Danny Silva. And the fifth goalkeeper, Rui Nibra. He's got a hand on it. He's conceding a corner. And there it is. Kim and Aisha ahead. That's a nice move down the left wing. Welton Jr. has come over to that side, swapped wings with Yota. And it's come from Welton. He's got to the byline, cut it back. The ball has found its way to Guilherme Gedge. And he's placed it in the corner of the net. Just filthy conditions here. You can see the rain 
getting blown across the pitch. Just horrible. And the home side, got a bit of work to do now. Thirty-three minutes in, host of just created their first chance. Landinho. Fight at miles wide. They're struggling really here against Kimadaisha's second team. Who, as you would imagine, have a lot of talented youngsters in their ranks. Captain Danny Silva sitting in the holding midfield role, pretty much dictating terms. And they keep swapping wings. Jota and Belton Jr. And there's a young French striker up front, Jason Bahambula, who's also trying to get into the game. So that'll be it here, half-time. Vittoria Kimaraj B, 1-5-0. But some good signs from the host in the final few minutes of the first half. Plenty for João Pedro Coelho to work with as he tries to get his team up for the fight in the second half. I'm off for some Bifania action. Faf have started the second half well here and it's the two main instigators Pedro Matos and Landinho combining well really anything positive is coming from those two guys that's a penalty yeah the ball came in from Landinho again Selton Bia has slapped it away and then Castro has picked it up just inside the edge of the 18-yard box. And Guillaume Gedge. Pretty stupid foul to give away there, really. I mean, Castro was looking for it all the way. Just asking Gedge to come in and, and try and win the ball. Looked pretty clear-cut. Referee didn't take long to award it. We're in the 58th minute here. And it's going to be Adeish to step up. They really need this goal. They've been pressuring before halftime, after the break. And he has to put this away to get the host back on level terms. The crowd reaction is going to tell you all you need to know. work, sent BA the wrong way, slotted it in the bottom corner and it's game on well that didn't that didn't last long Gimadaisha back in front and it's Jota slammed it, left footed 
decent, decent way out, but his accuracy was excellent. He's gone across the goalkeeper into the corner of the net. He's an interesting player. He's playing up front, out wide. And he's a big boy. I think he likes... Uh, he likes the Rodizio, for sure. He reminds me of Raul Bobadilla. Pretty chunky. But um, that was a nice goal. And they're back in front. Really disappointing for the hosts after working their way back into the game. That's a substitute. Leo Teixeira has had a shot low. And B.A. can only palm it away for a corner. They're starting to get on top again here. Faf. Well, that was unlucky for Faf. They had an attack down the left wing. The ball's come in to the box. It was bouncing around all over the place. And it's the Brazilian. Welton Jr. in the right place at the right time. Poked it home from close range. It looked like he was offside, to be honest, but there ain't no VAR here. Selton Biae's got himself into some trouble here. It's all kicking off again. Referees sending off. Looks like there could be some punches being thrown here. This is this is full on. That's all happening. What happened was that Selton Biae's run the length of the field to celebrate with his teammates. And as he's gone back, to his position, he's gone straight past the Faf bench. It looks like things are calming down a bit now, but obviously, with Kimiraj 3 1 up with just over 10 minutes to go, frustrations are boiling over a bit here. A lot of the home supporters, looks like. They've come down to the back of the Gimaraj technical area here. Some of them look so pissed off that they're actually going to leave the stadium. 3-1 down with over 10 minutes to go. That's a little bit premature, you would think. Tough manager's role, Pedro Coelho. He's all in here. He's put all his chips. He's put all his chips on the field. Try and get back into this game. So that makes it four strikers on the on the pitch for Faf. It's all kicking off here in the stands. There's uh, security guards just going nuts. One bloke just bolted straight up to the back here. It's um, they've got these little private boxes just behind the main stand, and some of the people in these boxes are arguing quite heatedly with some of the supporters in the seats. No love lost here, that's for sure. Meanwhile, there's still a game being played here. Not too long to go. Time running out for the hosts. And that's a wrap, full time. Vittoria Gimaraj B3, FAF1. They had a fair bit of 
domination, the hosts, before and after half-time. They got back into the game through Areish from the penalty spot. But giving up that second goal just a few minutes after they equalised really, really wasn't great. And then they just lost their heads a bit, lost their cool once the third goal went in. And not only did the players lose their heads, but some of the, some of the supporters here... Nice experience for me here in Faf, a town like so many others in Portugal, really nothing remarkable about it whatsoever. But I do know that there's a bit of rally stuff going on here. There's also a museum for rally cars. Part of the rally circuit passes through here. I'm going to try and speak with someone from the club now to understand a bit more about it before I uh, make my way to Vizela for their match against Gil Vicente. Okay, the uh, dust has settled here. People have left the stadium and uh, Miguel Pimenta has been kind enough to, to join me and tell me a little about the club. Miguel, thanks for your time. Uh, is this your hometown? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm from Faf. And what's your role with the club? Uh, I'm the speaker of the club. Um, I, I'm in the board too, but I'm the speaker. Okay, and can you give us a bit of information about the club, some history, some interesting facts that people might be interested in hearing? Uh, it was founded, was established in 1958. Uh, there were two clubs in FAF that joined themselves and then established a season sportive of FAF in 1958. Uh, it's one of the most known clubs here in the in the region. Uh, everybody knows the FAF club and the people because they are very keen on going to the stadium and support the team and we are we are known as justiceiros that means in in english uh, the guys who make justice by own hands okay. that's we are known here in the region justiceiros that's the, the expression and what's been the high point for this club in its history how, how high they got in the in the football pyramid in Portugal? Uh, in 1988-89 season, we were on the first division, okay, so uh, we were relegated the, the, the season, when the season ended, we, we, we went on the second division after. The, one of the highest points is, is the, the first division, we had such big clubs here like Porto, Benfica, Sporting, the stadium always full of people. 5,000 people, 7,000 people here is very good for us. And then for me, one of the highest points of the club was in uh, 2016 when we went to the second league. June the 4th, the stadium all painted with yellow, the people with yellow shirts, and we went to the second league and it was spectacular. 8,000 people here supporting FAF, that's one of the highest points of the club. Yeah, I knew that this, the capacity was 8,000, but yeah. I, I can't imagine where they would all... <laughs> it you know, it you must know be. people here, 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 near the, the pitch, uh, everybody was scrambling together, so you, we, we had 8,000 people here. It's... I, can, I got chills when I think that, that image. But all the stadium painted with people with yellow shirts, it was spectacular. I bet it was, and so the current situation, I guess, not not as not as high as those those times you mentioned in the third division here in, in Group A. Yeah. So just give us an overall picture of where the club is at at the moment. Now we are, we are in the the third league of Portugal. 
not not good classification, but we, we try to we try to to stay on Liga 3, the, it's the name of the championship, and there are some other things that we are we are trying to to put the, the young players. We have about 250 players youth teams, and mm. we also have futsal. Always with a with a message that first you are a man and then you are a footballer. And so, well, I guess the uh, one of the main ambitions would just be get back to the second league. That's your your main ambition at the moment. We have that ambition and we have that dream. It's going to be difficult this year because uh, now with this result here today, it's impossible to to get the second league this year. But we are always trying to get higher levels, and that's one of the our, our ambition get always higher, always higher. Sure. I'm interested, uh, Miguel, in your thoughts about Portuguese football as a whole. Obviously, it's dominated by your Porto, Sporting, Benfica, yeah. but obviously you here heavily involved with a club like FAF, on the, one of the smaller teams in Portugal. How do you see Portugal, Portuguese football as a whole and, uh, and the domination of these three clubs, especially the, the fact that they can just pretty much hoover up and gather all of the promising teenagers in Portugal? Yes, Yes, uh, one of one of the main things that uh, that I think that you know they have the history uh, Porto Sporting Benfica that like you said they are the the best the the best three teams in Portugal they have money to to pick the young players at the young ages we say Porto Sporting and Benfica are like three sharks you know. Um, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. You, you know, people in FAF should support FAF, and Benfica, Porto Sporting have more supporters here in FAF than than are in FAF. Uh, it's. It's. I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree. We see a change in the last years. People come to see FAF and come to see the clubs of they their own towns, but. The big picture is Porto Sporting and Mifica are like three sharks. They when they feel the blood in the water, they going to pick and they they manage to. Well, they monopolize all the yes, youth yes, teams, that's, isn't it? Yes, so, that's, yeah. I've, I've travelled around a fair bit of Portugal, and, and it's you know, even in Famalicão they have a, a Porto bar right next to the stadium. Yes, uh, in, yes. I just I just came yes, through Bezela in front of the, the stadium. In, in front of the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Benfica bars in in yes. every in every town, even when there's a local team. It's, it's, you it's should a little go bit to sad. Guimarães because Guimarães, the near town, it's different than the other clubs in Portugal. Yeah, they're they're more independent, they, aren't they? They don't have Benfica bars or Porto bars or Sporting bars. They always, the people in Guimarães, they only see Vitória. That it's the club. I should. I think that it should should be an example to other towns to see. People in Guimarães like the the club of their city of their town. It should be like this. Sure. Guimarães is an example, a good example for me. It's a good example. You see, in the second division of Portugal now, Benfica's second team is has a chance to to finish top. Yeah. Porto's second yeah. team is also there. It's not inconceivable to think that you you could have a situation next season or within the next few seasons where Benfica's and Porto's second teams finish one and two. I said already. When Porto won the second second league, I said it's very bad for Portuguese football when the B when the the team 
the B team of one club wins the second league in Portugal. It's very bad, you know. I think it's because clubs, the other clubs, see, I don't understand why the, the B team that not so good players won the, the second league. I think it's uh, I think it's very bad for Portugal when, when Benfica it's now on first place and Porto already won the one championship. I think it's very bad. Uh, I don't know how can we can we change this situation because clubs don't have much money. Uh, the government in Portugal doesn't support so good sport in Portugal. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult to understand when the B team of one club wins the second league in Portugal. I think it's not very good. No, it seems terrible to me, and hopefully. Uh someone can do something about it. I'm not sure if that's ever going to happen. But anyway, so it's been really nice uh, chatting with you. Uh, one thing I forgot to ask you is, is Faf is, is famous for the rally cars. Is that correct? Yes, yes. We are the, the cathedral. Some pilots say that Faf is the cathedral of, of rally. It's, it's very good. That's one, one stage, the power stage that it's going to be next May uh, again. It's eight, eight kilometers that pilots all over the world when come to Faf they say, oh, Faf is spectacular, it's, it's very good. It's the cathedral of the rally. <laughs> <laughs> so the motor enthusiasts can come here. I saw there's a museum, a rally museum yes, on, on the yes. other side of town. I, there, I don't so. know if you already visited with as a lot of cars that won rallies and pilots that left their cars here. It's very, it's very good to, to go there to, to visit the museum. Interesting. Well, thank you very much, Miguel, and uh, best of luck with Faf and for the rest of the season. And it looks like this season may be a bit unfortunate, but there's always next season. Maybe next season. Okay, thank you. Really happy to be back in Vizela. I was here not that long ago when Portugal absolutely demolished Liechtenstein 11-0 in the under-21 qualifiers. A bit of a different atmosphere here for the Primeira Liga. But the hosts have been doing pretty well in recent weeks, although they can't defend. They beat Tondela, Gimaraes 3-2. And then a 2-2 draw at Balvista last time out when they played against... 10 men for 50 minutes and still conceded two goals and Gil Vicente, well they're just on fire undefeated in 11 of their last 12 matches in the top flight Ricardo Suarez aside doing very well Samuel Lino three goals in his last four matches Fran Navarro 11 goals and Pedrinho he's got six assists in his last six games this should be a cracker <laughs> I'm right behind the stadium announcer here. Classic. We're about to get underway. This should be an awesome one. Let's do it. We're about 13 minutes in here. 100% goalkeeper's gone down with an injury. The Wayside have brought a pretty healthy contingent, as you would imagine. They're flying in the Primera Liga and Barcelos, not too far from Vizela. They're making a fair bit of noise in the far corner there. 
It's been a pretty fast start. You'd have to say Vizela have edged it. Playing with plenty of energy. Let's see what happens. Not much has happened, but now it's a penalty to shield the scent. And it's going to be the Spanish striker stepping up here as the rain falling down on a pretty cold evening in Mazella. Visitors with a chance to go ahead from the spot. Really hasn't been any chances of note so far in the match. Yeah. Smashed it hard into the bottom corner. Pedro Silva died the wrong way. Now you can see all the Silversand supporters. There's some on the far side there. They're pretty happy. And the ones to the left of me in the corner with their flags and drums. Got plenty to cheer about now. And there we have it, half time. Silversand one. Bezella. Nil. And really there's hardly been any chances here. Apart from the, uh, the penalty, Cassiano for Vizela's had a few chances. You can see the confidence he's got after scoring five goals in seven matches leading into this one. I'm sure we're going to see some more action in the second half. A bit disappointed that Samuel Lino, who's been right in front of me on this uh, left side for Chilvercent, really hasn't been able to get into the game as yet. But it's easy to see that Fran Navarro has a fair bit of class. He made it 12 goals for the season, scoring from the spot. So, let's see. I'm sure we're going to have some more action in the second half. Second half on the way. Home crowd are fuming because it looked like the right back, Koal, had been fouled right on the corner of the 18-yard box. I'm not sure if we'll have some VAR having a look at it, but there's still time. Coming up to the hour mark here, and really, Vizella started the second half quite well, but it was just corners and free kicks. And no surprise that the substitutions are about to start. It looks like Nuno Moreira and Rashid are about to come on. You would have to think that Shetina would be coming off. He's hardly done anything. Ooh. As, as I just said that, he's had a shot and it's been deflected for a corner. So that was pretty good timing. Okay, it's Alex Mendes coming off for Rashid. Nuno Moreira is going to replace Cassiano. Okay, there you go. He's looked most likely, but Shetina staying on the pitch. Just had arguably the best chance of the game. You're here in the 81st minute. Fujimoto 
releasing Samuel Lino. And he took a little bit too long on the ball. Pedro Silva off his line to make the save. Time running out here. Vizela. Two more subs. Aidata central defenders off. And Shetina is off. We've got Zohi and Kiki. <laughs> Sounds like a couple of a couple of poodles. Anyway, Zohi and Kiki, they're on. At a time here, Kiki shot deflected just wide. And Vizella got a corner. Plenty of pressure from the hosts here. Can they snatch an equaliser? Ooh. Nuno Moreira's ball into the box. And it's Kiki again. He's gone for a spectacular shot. Overhead kick. And forced to save. Another corner. Oh, now it's Zohi. It's the Kiki and the Zohi show. Zohi's got the ball in the box. Showed a bit of strength. But looks like Zé Manuel. Or shall I say Zé Carlos. Has produced a large ditched block. Looked like he was going to get a shot away then. Piling on the pressure of Azela here and out of time. Full time. The Stadio de Vizela and it's Silver Sent. Come away with the 1-0 victory. Fran Navarro's first half penalty. Making the difference. Frantic, frantic period of uh, at a time with... Vizella having or creating more opportunities in the last few minutes than they did in probably the first 90. But overall, a little bit disappointing. Didn't really see a whole lot of uh, performances I was expecting. But you can see how organised Gil Vicente are. And that makes it 12 games unbeaten in their last 13 in the top flight. That's incredible. That moves them up to 37 points, four behind Braga. And they're seven points clear of Vitoria de Guimaraes. So really having a, an outstanding season. Ricardo Suarez wasn't in the technical area today. His assistant, Mauricio Oliveira Vaz, doing the work. But still, nice to be in Vizela again. Really good atmosphere. Gil Vicente, supporters on both sides of the pitch. They must be loving what they're seeing at the moment. But the seller supporters going home empty-handed. at an archaeological site called Cidade de San Fins. It's just north of Passos de Ferreira. I saw some uh, signs for it a couple of years ago sitting on a bus and I thought 
Gee, I hope I'm around that part of the world with a car at some point. I'd like to go and see it. And gee, I'm glad I did. It's a huge, huge archaeological site out of what used to be a city. Pre-Roman times, they estimate 5th century BC. And it's on the top of a hill and you can see for miles in every direction. You can see why they would have chosen this spot. And there's also granite all over the place, uh, which they used, obviously, to build their walls, houses, streets. The Romans actually occupied it for about a century, from 3rd to 4th century. They weren't here very long, but certainly before they arrived, there were people building cities that the Romans obviously used as some inspiration. I mean, it's just incredible. And really, Portugal is full of these types of places. You know, you just got to get out there and find them. They're not hugely publicized. I guess a lot of these things are kind of taken for granted, but if you're digging history, archaeological things, it's just endless amounts of places you can go. I was fortunate enough to go to Val Foz de Coa, which has some rock carvings from approximately 15,000 years ago. I mentioned in Chaves, oh, as I jump on a wall, I mentioned in Chaves they found things there from about 50,000 years ago. I mean, you can just imagine this place bustling back in the day when it was fully populated. Just incredible. Must have been thousands of people here. How they were living, I mean, we know roughly how they are living, what they were doing and the threats they might have had, not sure. But this place would have been very, very, very well defended, for sure. Thick walls. And it just keeps going. It's huge. So, if you're ever around Passos de Ferreira, I'd recommend you come and see the Cidade de Saint-Pins. Well worth your time.